Bad news comes in all shapes and forms. But what do we do when bad news strikes? Hey, I'm Todd with Ready Your Future, and this is another Bible devotional with a preparedness application. And we've been looking at the life of Abraham. And in this devotional, he's going to get some really bad news. And what does he do? How does he react? So we're going to go ahead and jump into the Word. We're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to read a good portion of it just so that we get an understanding of what is happening and what is going on. So we're going to go ahead and go there. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 to 33. So let's go ahead and start. Then the men rose up from there and looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me. And if not, I will know. All right, so let me just stop really quick there. Um, it's kind of weird that the Lord is telling Abraham that, and he's talking to him about righteousness. He's talking to him about all this stuff. And then he says, hey, I'm going to go down and just, you know, he just like changes the subject. Like all of a sudden, he's talking about, you know, you're going to be a great nation, family, all that. And then he, he, he turns, changes the subject. He goes, I'm going to go down to Sodom. And there's the, the outcry is, is just great there, right? And so like you start to think, why is he bringing up Sodom all of a sudden? Well, the thing is, is that you have to read a little bit into it, but... Abraham knows exactly why the Lord is bringing up Sodom, and the Lord knows why he's bringing up Sodom. He's doing it for Abraham's sake. And so we'll see that. Let's go ahead and keep reading here. Then, then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose the fifty righteous are lacking five, will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. He spoke to him yet again and said, suppose 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the 40. Then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry and I shall speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, now behold, I venture to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 20. Then he said, oh, May the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the ten. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. All right, so one of the things, one of the reasons why we are looking at this and why Sodom was important to Abraham and why the Lord wanted to bring this up to Abraham is a couple of devotionals back. We, we had Abraham and Lot, who, you know, Lot was Abraham's nephew, and he came with them from Ur of the Chaldees. 
Lot's father had died, and I think Abraham was like a father figure to him. And they had come down to the land of Canaan, and they both had grown really rich together. And at one point, they start to, their men start to argue with each other. And Abraham goes to Lot and says, look, we shouldn't, we're family, we shouldn't fight, and we shouldn't have issues between you know uh, my people and your people. So why don't you choose which way you want to go, and uh, you go one way and I'll go the other way. Let's kind of separate and give ourselves a little bit of space. So Lot looks at the Jordan Valley, and the Jordan Valley is nice and fertile, and he looks at that and he says, hey, I'm going to choose the Jordan Valley. And Abraham says, okay, you go that way, I'm going to go more towards the land of Canaan, which falls in line with what, what God has said to him anyway. So Abraham knows that Lot is in the Jordan Valley, and Sodom is in the Jordan Valley. And more than likely, Lot and Abraham had had communications. I'm sure, you know, they had people, you know, coming and going and, and sharing information. And Abraham knew that Lot was in Sodom. So that was one of the reasons why the Lord brings this up to him. He goes, hey, I'm, you know, you're going to be the father of a multitude. It's going to be important. You know, you need to, to uh, keep your, your house righteous um, because you're going to be the father of a multitude and I want to continue blessing you and all these things. And then he brings this up because Sodom is a place that is not righteous at all. And the thing is, is that Abraham knows that. Abraham knows that already. He, I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, one of those things to that, that you have to really try to figure out. Abraham knows that it's not a place, and maybe he's had conversations with Lot before, like, "Hey, Lot, you need to. That's not a place where you need to be. You need to get your family out of there." Now, we'll talk a little bit more about Sodom and Gomorrah. I think a, a lot of people understand, know what happened there. We know that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, but um, and again, like I said, we'll talk about that in the next in the next devotional, but. Abraham knew. The point is that Abraham knew. And so what did Abraham do in response to that bad news? He begins to intercede with the Lord. Now, I think this is really important. He, he brings up, he says, look, he goes, I know Lot is there and he's, he's a good guy. He's a righteous guy. He shouldn't be around all that sin. I mean, I'll give you that. But are you going to destroy Sodom if Lot and, and, and other righteous people are there? You know, you, you don't want to do that, right? You don't want to, uh, you don't want to destroy the, the righteous with the wicked. And so the Lord says, yeah, I won't do it if there's 50. And so Abraham gets them all the way down to 10, right? Like, hey, 10 people. If there's 10 righteous, will you destroy? Well, you know that at least there's Abraham, I'm sorry, Lot, his wife, and he has two daughters. There's at least four there, right? There just needs to be six more righteous people in this, you know, in, in, in Sodom for, for the Lord not to destroy it. Well, like I said, we all know the story. We know that Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. And we'll talk about that in the next devotional. But um, it, it wasn't enough. It does speak to the fact that the Lord is merciful, right? The Lord is merciful. He's compassionate. He's like, I don't, I don't want to destroy it if there is 10 people in there. But if there's not, it's going to be. And here's the thing. God is merciful, but God also has to deal with sin. He deals with sin in the Old Testament. He deals with sin in the New Testament. He continues to deal with sin. And so that's one of the things that's really important to, to understand. And so for us as believers, you know, the Lord is standing right in front of Abraham. He begins to intercede for the people in Sodom. At least he begins to intercede for Lot, who's probably in his mind, and his family, and, you know, his, his, uh, his nieces and, 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 and his, his, his nephew, right? And so he begins to intercede. 
And it's, a, it's an important thing there. He begins to intercede. Now, intercession is something that we see all throughout the Bible where men of God, women of God would intercede and they would pray and seek the Lord you know, on behalf of someone else. We see that a lot in Moses. When Moses is coming out of Egypt and they're going into the promised land and God, you know, God gets fed up with the Israelites. He's like, Moses, just move away from there. I'm going to destroy them and I'm going to start over with you. And Moses falls on his face and he says, no, Lord, I mean, that's, come on, what, what will the nations say that you weren't mighty enough to bring them out of Egypt? And so because of Moses's intercession, they're saved and they wind up, you know, getting into the promised land eventually. And we see that all throughout the Bible where, where people intercede, where prophets intercede. We see that in the New Testament as well. And the thing is, is that they intercede through prayer. And we as believers, we have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, one of the great chapters, two great chapters in the Bible that you need to read, John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, talks about Jesus when, you know, he, it's the last couple of hours, right, before he goes and he's going to get crucified and, and uh, he's going to get tried and all that stuff. And he's talking to the disciples. And it's like that last, you know, message, the last thing that he's given to them. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He was like, hey, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you and in you. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is on the inside. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, Some Romans says, with groanings that we don't even understand. So the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit in our bodies are the temple of the, you know, of the Holy Spirit. Where in the old days where they would have to travel to Jerusalem to get into the temple and to be close to the presence of God, right? And, or, you know, they had to do some, an altar in the, in the Old Testament before the temple was, was, uh, was built. We don't do that because we have the Holy Spirit and the presence of God here right with us, right? In us and with us. The Holy Spirit is there. And so we have the ability to intercede for ourselves, for our families, for you know our neighbors, for you know people that are hurting and people that are that 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 need the Lord, and God has given us that ability to be able to do that. And it's something that we need to do. It's something that we're called to do is intercede and, and pray. I don't think we pray enough, right? I don't, I don't think that's something that we pray over our food. We pray over you know little prayers. You know maybe when when we go to church and in you know like hey let's, let's pray at the end of the of the service or whatever. But prayer really needs to be part of our lives. And in that prayer, when we speak to the Lord, we get to intercede for other people on other people's behalf. The same spirit that was there with Abraham, the same spirit that was with Moses, the same spirit that was with the prophets and was with Jesus is with us as well. So what's the preparedness application? So when we prep, we prep a lot of times for ourselves and maybe for our immediate family. And that is a form of Intercession. Now, we're not interceding in prayer, but we realize that a lot of the times prepping is a very lonely thing that we do, and you know our families don't uh, don't always come along with us. You know, they kind of like it's like it's the weird hobby that dad does, it's the weird hobby that mom does, but uh, you know we, we just leave them alone, and that's fine. But you know we're not all into that. And sometimes we're doing that, and it is a form of intercession. Again, not a, I'm not talking spiritual here, but it is a form of you are uh, you are preparing something for someone else because they are not able to do it on their own, or they're not they're not willing to do it on their own. And so you are interceding, you are preparing, you are you know, building your food storage, your water storage, whatever it is that you're doing, your first aid to be able to be there when an emergency happens. At the same time, we intercede for 
other people as well. And part of the thing about preparedness is, you know, back in the day, it used to be like a Lone Ranger type thing. And people were like, we're going to go into the woods. And I think a lot of people understand now that we need other people. There's a lot of people that prep, not just for their family, but even their extended family. There's still a lot of people that are like, hey, I've told my family and, you know, if they if something happens, you're not coming over to my house. I understand that. And there's a lot of, you know, preppers that uh, that's 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 the line they're going to take. For believers, for, for people that are preppers and they're Christians, that, that, that's usually not the case. There's a lot of people that prep and then they understand that they're going to have to help other people as well. So sometimes our prepping goes beyond just the prepping that we do for our immediate family. It goes maybe to our extended family. And maybe we start thinking about how, can, how we can help our neighborhood and our community, right? Uh, if something really big was to go down... How can I rally my, my community? How can I you know, maybe teach preparedness skills? How can I uh, help them to understand that it is important to be prepared for whatever it might be? And like here in, in my area, because I live in the Gulf Coast, I might talk about, hey, it's important to prepare for hurricanes, right? In, in, in preparing for hurricanes, you are prepared for a lot of other things as well because preparedness is universal. You know, you prepare, you, when you get prepared, it, it fits into a lot of different other natural disasters and other things that, that, that come our way. And so when we prep, it's really important to think about how that how we can intercede for other people as well. I get it. There's going to be some people who are like, Todd, you're off your rocker. I'm preparing for me and maybe my family and, 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 and that's it. But think about that. If you're, if you're a believer, I don't know how you can just you know put that out there, right? And so you really need to think about your, uh, you know, how you're going to intercede for uh, other people there. Definitely through prayer. But if you, if you're a believer in preparedness and you're not a believer in 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 the faith, then understand that your preparedness is a form of intercession for other people that can't do it, that can't, that they don't don't understand how important it is. And just like Abraham took the time to, you know, spend with the Lord and say, hey, look, can, can we, can, you know, if we get down to 10 people, will you spare it? And, and maybe you can't help everybody, but you can help a few, right? And that is a form of intercession. All right, guys, that is going to be it. Let me close out and, uh, and pray for you guys. Father, I thank you so much for my preparedness, friends. Lord, I pray that uh, those that are believers that are listening to this, that you would give them a passion and a desire to pray and to pray more and to intercede for uh, those uh, friends and, and family and their community and even the world. The world is so crazy right now that uh, you would help us to, to intercede and know that we have the Holy Spirit where we can uh, seek your face. And when, when we pray, Lord, you, you, you answer those prayers and you move mightily on that. Lord, I also pray for those that uh, are listening that maybe not, are not believers. And I pray, Lord, that you would help them to understand that uh, their prepping can go beyond just themselves and their families and can help other people. And I know that's hard to sometimes to, to um, take that step, but uh, that is something that uh, would be very powerful. Because we, we, in an emergency situation, we're going to need other people. It's going to be important for that. And uh, if we can bring people along, that would be great. So, Lord, we thank you so much. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey guys, thanks for hanging out with me on this devotional. If you're looking for more um, resources to help build your faith, I'm going to have some in the description. You can go go ahead and click on those. And uh, those are even if you want some more uh, information on prayer, you can you can click those resources there. All right, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this episode. God bless you. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.